Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, and you're listening to the Discus Lariat Collective Podcast with your hosts, Warren, Daryl, and Glenn. It's a great podcast. Check it out. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. Story, everybody. You're listening to the Discus Larry Collective podcast. I'm your host, Warren, here with Glenn. Uh, right now, we're just going to do a quick recap and review of NXT from last night. Uh, before we get into it, though, just want to say, as always, thanks for the support. Um, hit us up wherever you get your podcast, give us a follow, and then follow us on the socials Twitter, the Discus Lariat, and Instagram, Discus Larry Collective. So, yeah, um, to kick off NXT, then we had the first match anyway was uh, Dexter Loomis against Johnny Gargano the way the the show opened I suppose was just Dexter Loomis kind of slithering around the ring um, I honestly thought he missed like a few minutes or something it just kind of that's how no, it opened no but it's him, it him being opened. a snake yeah pretty much um, so yeah Dexter Loomis against Johnny Gargano they did a, a funny little backstage part where all the way put their hands in and they said like that's the way uh-huh, uh-huh, we like it threw the hands up and then Austin Terry was like that should be a song um, so that's really good. <laughs> but uh, onto the match, uh, anyway. man. Um, we've we've started obviously whittling down um, the the episodes of the podcast, which is good, I suppose, because we don't want to ramble too much and go like, oh, what, two minutes and five seconds, Johnny Gargano hit an arm drag. We're not going to do that. So we'll just yeah, we'll just yeah. fly through it. So what happened was it's a solid match anyway. Um, it was good to see what's his name, Jesus Dexter Loomis, finally get some like, good TV time. In terms of like an in ring oh, yeah. match, and he, he's deadly. Like he is really good, and he he basically dominated Gargano for most of the match. They did a spot where he hit under the ring, and it came back up the opposite side, to, took Gargano out. Uh, but like Gargano, by no means looked weak or anything like that. You know I mean, he did was he was playing obviously the heel, and he was kind of leaning on. Oh, hopefully these guys get involved for me in the Hartwell, Candice, and Austin Theory. But then we got like almost like a, uh, I don't know. You couldn't really call it. You wouldn't call it a face or a heel turn, but. The likes of Indy Farrell. Uh, were... Friction. That's, yeah, that's, friction. It was yeah. friction within the faction. Yeah. Faction, faction, friction. Yeah, pretty much. But um, Indy Hartwell was kind of playing a character now where she's like, she kind of fancies him. So she's like, oh, Dexter Loomis is actually kind of hot, which was, I wasn't expecting it. But yeah, by all means, I was, I was here for it. I think it's, yeah, it could be cool. Um, and then Austin Terry as well at one stage, he jumped up on the apron and Candace was telling him to hit uh, Dexter Loomis with the chair and he wouldn't do it. He was just like, Oh, and he's just kind of standing there for a minute, him and on. And then Gargano then was like, what the hell are you doing? Hit him with the chair. Like, didn't happen. Um, Dexter Loomis, anyway, uh, choked, out, choked, choked out Gargano for the win. Um, mm. So obviously big, big win for uh, Dexter Loomis, especially in the North American Championship kind of picture now. With the likes of Kushida, Bronson Reed, Dexter Loomis now as well. Um, some big matches to come, I suppose. But uh, overall, really good entertaining start to the show. Um, in terms of yeah. in like action and as well the the friction between the way, I really liked it. What about you? The yeah, uh, yeah, some of the spots in the match were just excellently executed. I will say Dexter Loomis is an absolute mustached madman. <laughs> um, 
from from ice cold stairs to just some of his excellent fucking uh, slithering around. Uh, just I think I'm actually a big fan of him. Um, I won't lie, I think he's entertaining to 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 watch. I think like probably won't be like a giant merch seller, but the lads just strolling around with his leather gloves and his grey uh, jeans. So he's already he's already a good guy in my book. Yeah. But uh, just some of the some of the execution and some some of the like location spots and stuff like where the way we're like all the way we're trying to they were obviously trying to get involved in that. And like you said, it's like he had a fucking an aura or a presence around them. Um, it gave us very like uh you know like Austin Terry kind of it seemed like he was torn because of the whole like got kidnapped is he maybe gonna side with Loomis it kind of it gave you a bit of intrigue and I always say that the more interested you are in a character and the more interested you are in, in kind of the reason why of something um the more you'll get invested in it and I definitely think like this match could have easily been the the, the main event of an NXT show and uh, opening with it was 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 fucking excellent like it, it immediately made me go yep I'm staying here for the rest of the show. Uh, fucking Gargano didn't like you said he didn't eat the pain or anything like that it was you got fucking you absolutely choked out in that weird head and arm that Dexter Loomis does and it was just it was just class execution from from pillar to post it was just a really good match um, and if you're if you're tuning into the podcast where you haven't watched it or you have and you want their opinions on it just go watch the match a second time that's that's my advice it's one of the few matches I'm going to recommend that you that you will re-watch this week because it's just fucking it's just class yeah it was very good like all around and now going forward, I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen with obviously the way they had a, another backstage segment and afterwards where um, what was it Johnny Gargano said he's going to pull Indy Hartwell and Austin Terry into therapy and or Austin something Austin Terry like that. therapy, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that, that's going to be, I'd say that'd be a funny little backstage thing that you'll see now next week or the week after. But um, yeah, I'm getting very Daniel Bryan and Team Hell No vibes. That's exactly what I'm getting, yeah. But uh, yeah. good start to the show anyway. And uh, yeah, good to see Dexter Loomis get a win as well. Uh, after yeah. this, then we had a little backstage segment as well with um, William Regal. Look, uh, he was in the parking lot looking for it. Santos Escobar still hadn't shown up. Yeah. Regal was snapping. And then it went on to the next match. Well, we had another backstage segment, actually. It was like the trainer's room. Leon Ruff getting looked over. And then yeah. Vivens, who's just deadly. Every week, he's just he's just a gas. Ah, uh, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's so, fucking brilliant, yeah. So he pops up literally from behind the bed. And he was just like, oh, how are you feeling? Da, 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 da. And he's like, do you want to fight Tyler Rust? It'd be great for both of Um Basically, we'll just cut, yeah, we'll just cut it along a short for it as well. But um, it set up Leon Ruff against Tyler Rust, um, which was the next match. So that match didn't actually get started. It didn't actually happen. So what happened was yeah. Isaiah Swerve Scott jumped Leon Ruff on his way down to the ring and just bet the bollocks out of him. And he hit him with absolutely sick-looking uh, release definitely oh, driver into fucking... the apron. It was yeah, it was like the attitude adjustment and straight into the fucking ring apron, like, and it was sick because he didn't make sidewall contact; he made it corner and top contact, yeah, which we know so is the harder part of it. Like, yeah, oh, really rough. And your man sold the X and Italy as well. Like, oh, he, as far I as was genuinely in pain. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Like, Leon Ruff is really being billed as this underdog of uh, of the undercard, and uh, yeah, I'm really liking what they're doing, and I hope uh, they keep fucking Scott on telly as well and, and keep. Uh, keep swerving rough in this feud. It's I think it's shaping up to be really nice. We discussed this last week and how they have a few different directions to take it in and one is guaranteed to 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 garner audience and I think this is the right one that they've taken. Yeah, absolutely. And as you said, it can only go like a few ways from here now. So it's it's only really going to get better, especially if they get the time and it will mm-hmm. show like more of it. Obviously it's show it's already shown a, a more vicious side of swerve. And it's gonna yeah. eventually you're gonna pull that vicious side now early on rough going forward. So you can only be so somewhat like so happy and lucky, happy go lucky for a, a certain time until obviously eventually you have to head break. So look yeah. forward to that. Uh, after this, then we had Eo Shiroi against 
Zoe Stark non-title match. Um, straight away when this happened, when they announced this, when um, what you call him, William Regal said it's Zoe Stark backstage. He was like, oh yeah, you're going to go against Io Shiroi if you're up for it. And she was like, yeah, absolutely. That in itself is good because obviously you have a lot of women ta- women's wrestlers right now, but some of them are being obviously moved up or moved around. Um, and there is no real, like apart from say uh, EO, Tony Storm, and then obviously Mercedes Martinez was obviously in that field as well for the uh, women's championship. You kind mm. of do need to, st- at this time, we have to build new stars rather than waiting too late. And this is the perfect exactly, example. Yeah, because yeah, Zoe Stark, she had a, a pretty good run um, like on the indies. She was in Shimmer, I think. Yeah. She was like doing a few bits. I think she used to wrestle under a different name anyway. Lacey something, I think. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, she's built. She's jacked. Like she's actually so strong as well. So genuinely strong. Yeah. And our finisher is one of them finishers that you take note of straight away. You're like, whoa. It's like when you see yeah. the to say like a Keith Lee doing a fucking 450 splash or something. You're like, what the fuck? Like it's just one of them moves. And I've never seen it done before. It's literally like a, a backflip in GTS. I've never seen yeah. it. So straight away, it's last week, I was like, fucking oh. incredible to yeah. see. And like you said, she's jacked. Like she has a level of athleticism that, given you know any rough edges get like fucking rounded and any blunt spots get sharpened, this girl's gonna be fucking fire for 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 the division on NXT. And like it, it, it really goes to show how far it consistently keeps coming along because you take a look at the, the, the kind of generation of women's wrestlers and it goes from the divas to like the, you know, end of the divas into the women. You have the, you know, the four horse women. Then you have the next generation, them who are just, you know, they're, they're right on the cusp of being, you know, I won't say like flippy shit like Ricochet and all, but like you have a VR like Zero, your Ember Moon and stuff who are just fucking excellent performers like and now we're getting another wave of them and and stark is a perfect example of it she put on a fucking show with yosh royal on, on on nxt yeah. um that gets me me second rewatch of the week <laughs> yeah they were so good like um like bell to bell i suppose they bet the bollocks of each other but it wasn't just like it it wasn't one of their matches that was kind of built in a way where say you might see stark almost pick up a win and like say for example usually when that happens it's usually Shiroi would say take the brunt of the offense and then a few near falls for Stark then eventually she'll get complacent and lose it was a very back and forth match um yeah and that's what was good because Io Shiroi was basically brought to our limit almost with this newcomer into NXT so it was great to see because one automatically you're like whoa was always Stark two weeks in a row already in a in a match against the women's champion yeah it was non-title but still that's a huge pat on the back for her and I'd say, yeah. um, I'd say she'd be not far off the top of the pecking order already. To be honest with you, like if the likes of Tony Storm picks up the belt and Shirai goes up, who's next, really? Yeah. Mercedes Martinez and Zoe Stark probably. It reminded me of the very beginning of Jeff Hardy's singles run when he fought Taker and Taker hit him with the respect after the match. That's yeah. exactly what it reminded me of. I mean, Io Shirai has been, uh, you know, a long-time competitor uh, outside of NXT, and then she's been on NXT for a long while as well. And to give someone like, you know, we always say, oh, give them the rub. Like, there isn't a WCW anymore. You're not going to really have an AEW mainstay switch over to to, to WWE. Um, you know, like anyone who's returned or anyone who has who has done a debut, they're either straight onto the main roster because of their profile, like um, Gallows and Anderson and AJ Styles, or they're, they're built very well on NXT with the potential to then move up. And this is that exact ladder, like... Stark just had an excellent show on trading near falls, you know, finish our trades. And this was one of the few matches where if I see 
stay home moves that are staples and other wrestlers diets and usually finish a match and it doesn't get the job done on these two women i'm actually okay with it unlike when you get spot fest and spot monkeys where they're just like yeah hit them with the stunner and the rko and the fucking big choke slam and the last ride and the power bomb and the fucking power slam and and it's just like you're like fuck me when am i gonna see your actual finisher and it's a it's a it's a fucking it's a toehold or a kick to the ribs or something you're like yeah uh, oh yeah, all the twenty years of effective moves and and, and your little fucking Furby tap does the job. Like this was this was a match that you didn't mind what you saw because it was just fucking excellent. There was there was some you know hard 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 to execute moves by both women that were just very well done. Yeah, um, exactly. and there was no dicking about. There was none like, and we always moan about it on Raw when it's just like how many how many roll ups, how many fucking bullshit finishes do you get? This was just a good wrestling match between two women. Look, it was yeah, and it it does now kind of put Stark now in a spotlight to an extent. Yeah, like for the next few weeks, you might not see her because after the match, uh, Tony Storm came out and basically challenged Shiroi again. So Shiroi said, yeah, no bother. Two weeks time, we're going to have a women's championship match, just them two, Tony Storm against Yo Shiroi. Um, I'm sure we're all here for that anyway. Like, I mean, looking forward to seeing that mm. happen. But um, again, if you don't see Zoe Stark next week or you see her in, say, like a lower down, like against a lower kind of, competitor or something like that you wouldn't mind because you know she already took Shiroi to our limit so there's only good things yeah. to come now so pretty good match uh so yeah it was great you'll want to watch her and like yeah exactly yeah so um after this then oh throughout the night as well Terry there was a part as well with um Cameron Grimes he's doing the million dollar man basketball dribbling challenge um I thought this was pretty funny throughout tonight I'm not gonna lie to you mainly because at first he's watching the video of um Teddy Biasi getting the kid to bounce the basketball and then obviously DiBiase at the end of it, around the eighth dribble, kicks the basketball and the kid doesn't win the $1,000. Cameron Grimes didn't watch the full video and he gives the ball to somebody and they bounce it 10 times. He loses a grant. Then he goes and he does it again to a girl outside and she steps up and he's like, oh, you're very tall, but um, yeah, can you do it? And he goes to kick the ball and she dribbles between her legs and still gets the 1000 quid. Like So he's down two grand. It was pretty funny. And then eventually he gets another guy to do it in the, in the parking lot. He starts dribbling and he just, Clobbers him. <laughs> he just for that was the only for me that was the only entertaining part about that was when he just smacked him. Yeah. And honestly, I would have preferred it had he had he have done it to the same bloke twice at the beginning. I'm like, what, wait, what, what? And then he doesn't watch the video again, but instead yeah. is like, how can I come up with a way? And he like turns to the camera and is like, how can I come up with a way to beat? Him? Uh, uh, double or nothing and he's like okay and they have the money in both hands type of thing and then he does it and then he clobbers him straight away I would have oh, liked that yeah. just wait, how many times I've seen it in the scene and I'm already a bit 50-50 with camera grime sometimes yeah. he'll see him and be like ah gas and then other times I'm like get off me telly like I want to see wrestlers yeah <laughs> so yeah it was a bit uh, you hit and miss hit I wasn't I was, I was, I was, yeah it was a miss for me this week alright <laughs> <laughs> so we'll move on then next match we had Zia Lee against uh, Casey Catanzaro this was obviously um, continuing on the feud between uh, Zia Lee and her kind of ominous power that's kind of helping her out right now against Catanzaro and Caden Carter. They always, like all three of them used to be kind of mates and stuff like that. And they kind of, yeah, you'd always see them on NXT together, you know what I mean? And last week, obviously, um, Caden Carter got battered by her. And then this week, she said she was going to porridge Casey Catanzaro. Uh, pretty good match, like nothing out of the ordinary, pretty quick. Um. Yeah, it was just, it, it, yeah. Yeah, it did what I had to do, I suppose. It was only short. Like, it, there's not much to say about it apart from Zealy dominating, really. You know what I mean? And hitting the big moves, getting the win. And then hmm. we also had the more sinister side to her. She looked up, took uh, a nod. Yeah. yeah, took a nod from the, the leader, Tian Shah or something, I think it's called. And then 
yeah. attacked Casey's previously injured leg. And then, yeah, that was then. Later out, basically. Later that out, was, yeah. And then, uh, the match itself had a couple of trades where neither woman looked like they were stronger than the other, but then the end really kind of cemented what's going on, and that was where it started to kind of pick up and go, oh, yeah, yeah um, exactly. the end would make you pay attention, especially how well uh, Casey fucking sold it. Like, that was definitely good, and obviously uh, Caden was defending her and kind of trying to get at um, Tian and all that, so uh, I kind of look forward to see where it's going, but I, I, want, I also want a bit of variety on what we did see tonight. Yeah, true. Yeah, so it, it it was like slightly flat, I suppose, until the end, as you said, until she got that nod and attacked properly. But um, she also said that next week she's going to take out Caden Carter. So maybe we'll see a bit more now next week. Mm. So yeah, overall, yeah, not not too bad, but not nothing great anyway. Um, mm. after this, we also had then another segment with William Regal again, looking for uh, Escobar. Still no sign at this stage. I suppose I was I was worked. I I uh, I fell for it. I was like, oh, we're not getting this match. And then we might start racing to other things. So it's like Jordan Devlin's gonna attack him. That's why he's not showing up. And then Jordan Devlin will be the the undisputed cruiserweight champion. That's what I was thinking. I don't know why. I don't even know if Jordan Devlin's still sitting in Bray right now. I couldn't tell you. I was just guessing. When <laughs> I was just going all for that. I think like, I told you before. He used to come into the dungeon the whole time. Yeah, you did. Yeah, he. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't. I know he's from Bray, but I don't know if he lives there. But um, yeah. What, <laughs> what else do I have here now? <laughs> so after that. Then, <laughs> <laughs> After that little Regal and Escobar thing, Regal was gone mad up. He was fuming. And uh, oh, again, yeah, yeah Regal's just great actor though. So um, phenomenal. He, he deserves a little Oscar. Just he does, yeah. The Tony Award. But um, so that's an actual thing. <laughs> just, just a little so. <laughs> so after this, day, we had Drake Maverick and Killian Dane against Grizzly Young Veterans. Um, I, I liked the match. I did. And yeah. I love Zach Gibson on the mic, as I said before. When we saw him in OTT, I wanted to just bounce something off his head. He's just so annoying, so great. But that's what you love about him. That's what you love about someone yeah. on the mic, especially a heel. So, yeah, Chris Young Veterans came out of the ring. Uh, they actually attacked MSK before this, saying that they don't deserve to... They shouldn't have uh, won the Dusty Classic. They don't deserve a tag team title shot. I can understand where Chris Young Veterans are coming from. They don't want to be skipped. But at the end of the day, what this is just leading to some great tag team matches between... Them two, them we two talk, teams. We talked about this the yeah. fucking week we reviewed that um that match, and that was stellar. Yeah. So this is good story building, and I look forward to seeing where it goes. Obviously, we want them MSK to take the belts and then have them feud with Grizzled Young Veterans. And I am getting very DIY and uh, revival. uh the revival vibes off, vibes off of it. Uh, the promos with MSK actually earlier in the show. Oh, I think yeah. that started the show. Yeah. Um, very good. Very just you know gave you the good underdog feels the good fucking good guy feels for them just like yeah these are a tag team I should like these are yeah, like yeah 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 so. so um yeah that was pretty good actually yeah, I meant to I completely forgot to touch on that but yeah that was a great promo at the start with them um mm. but yeah so Grizzly Young veterans against Killian Dane and Drake Maverick again just a, a standard back and forth tag team match it was good don't get me wrong very yeah. good we had some good spots we had a uh, Drake Maverick. Looked looked well against them. In fairness, I thought they were just going to beat him down. To be honest, and then he was just going to wait for a hot tag for Killian Dane. But now it was actually fairly back and forth. Was, Got a lot of Drake Maverick in it. Yeah, it was um, balanced. Yeah, yeah, it was. The Killian yeah. Dane spot with the two lads on his chest and backward. That was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, like Killian Dane's rapid. Like he was deadly in um insanity. Like obviously you need that big presence, especially in a big faction. Like do you know what I mean. So he was mm. deadly in sanity, and it's it's good to see him obviously on NXT again. Um, after the match, oh sorry, Grizzly Young Veterans picked up the win. Obviously, they hit the ticket to Mayhem on Drake Maverick, mm-hmm. finished Maverick, them after yeah. they because uh, they dumped um, Killian Dane outside, and he tried to get back in to break it up, didn't get there in time. Grizzly Young Veterans keep the momentum going, and then we had 
a backstage segment then with the Imperium lads. They you could see them walking past in the background, and then Alexander Wolf came back in to like the trainer's mm. room and he said it to he started talking to Killian Dane. So Killian Dane's holding Drake Maverick and he was like, Oh, what happened to you? You used to be a monster. What's all this like? And then walked away. And you could see Killian Dane was thinking. You could see the cogs torn and like, oh baby, I am yeah. better than this. So you could have that David versus Goliath kind of match now soon. But um if he does turn on Drake Maverick, um yeah, well I don't really mind it, whatever way they go. I hope they do it, but I don't want there to be the young like I want the Empire Strikes back. Yeah. I don't want I don't want it to be like fucking um New Hope where they just you know Drag Maverick underdog eventually beats a bad guy, big bang, boom. No. I want fucking I want Drag Drag Maverick to sell being dead pretty much yeah. and for Killian Dane to look like a fucking awful creature and then go on to continue being awful until he finds himself a title. Yeah. Why not? Um yeah, force, eventually. That's the thing, it took me a second to cop their about insanity at the same time. For some reason mm. when I seen it, I was like, is Imperium recruiting? And then I was like, no, <laughs> they have Walter. Who the fuck else would they need? Like, they don't even need the other three lads. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, big, big Walt. <laughs> yeah, big Walt. Um, so, yeah, it, it was just a little nod to the Santi days, I suppose, which were a great, great team at NXT and then just completely demolished on SmackDown or Raw whenever they were on it. They just, they never got to shake on the main roster, unfortunately. And if it, and they had the capacity to be absolute merch sellers as well. Like, they, oh, yeah. I don't get why WWE knows how to book a faction when they're related to like the rock or yeah. when they're related to like it's mind-blowing like oh yeah like rikishi gets his run and you know fucking and obviously from years ago when uh what was a fatu and yeah, like, yeah you know like hey shrinkers and the world Samoans, you had them all like it, it is it's a bit fucking mad it's like uh it reminds me of ireland it's who you know not what you know like poor killian dane just some big fucking naughty <laughs> Yeah, literally. <laughs> and then, then the rest of the Sanity lads, like, where did Eric Young go? He's back on Impact, is he? He's on Impact, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so was your man who was in them first. Remember Sawyer Fulton? He was in them at the very start. Oh, yeah, yeah. With the long back hair. Yeah, yeah he's, he's on Impact as well. Um, Madman Fulton or something. And then Nicky Cross, obviously, is on the main roster every once, once every three months. So, yeah. Once when Alexa Bliss needs her best friend back. Needs a bit of chemistry in the ring, I suppose. Yeah, that's really it. Um. But uh, after this match, then it went on to the main event. Uh, the yeah. main event then obviously was Santos Escobar against Karrion Cross in an ODQ match. Again, we had a scene backstage, the parking lot, the SUV coming mm-hmm. in and the two Phantasma lads. And at first I was like, maybe he's not in the SUV, but he was. He definitely was. Either way, Karrion Cross wasn't waiting anymore. His music was hitting the ring or whatever. Oh, I was hitting in the stadium. And he instead decided to go to the car park and just take matters into his own hand, into his own hands. And he took out the Phantasma lads and yeah, started off an absolute brawl with um oh, yeah. Escobar. It was just great. Like and it was stereotypical kind of it reminded me straight away of like uh ninety nine, two thousand, kind of era. It was just that kind of cool backstage brawl almost. Where like you had Mankind or Raven or Big Show or Kane or something, just yeah. absolutely or Steve Blackman or any of them just baiting the show you out of each other. Yeah. Um Except with a lot more focus. I definitely think every single one of them looked like a fucking weapon in there. It was absolutely class. And we talked about this the the week that uh, Escobar and Karrion Cross had their little run in in the ring. And I said, it'll be fucking great if we get Santos playing the the fucking smooth bastard heel thing. Just sending the Phantasma lads after Karrion Cross, maybe interrupt the matches. I'm actually surprised by how fast they picked the momentum up to jump into what they've gotten. Yeah. And... It made it made Escobar look like, yep, yeah, you really don't want to fuck with him and his boys because they will just dance on your head. Yeah. But it also made Karrion Cross look like a fucking like 
I don't know, like what a warrior. Like he just he he just battered him. And ah yeah, oh, man, it was a definition was... of taking a licking and keeping on taking. He just he wouldn't stay down. Like <laughs> and it was yeah. deadly. Like because it was like carrying cross. Obviously, he's been billed as I suppose kind of like a monster in a way. Um, obviously, he won the NXT title but didn't get to defend it because the injury and stuff like that. Yeah, so we haven't really more, tri- more thriller than horror though. Like not like a monster in that exactly. conventional sense. Yeah. More like more like fucking fuck, can't beat this fella. He so like, he outsmarts you. He yeah, meticulous. Like yeah, that's it. Yeah, he can take you apart almost. So that's they they play that really well with like what would you call him? Um, Escobar didn't wait. Do you know what I mean? Like so once he he start getting hopped on, he you could see him find, trying to find an out constantly. So he jumps into the mm. back of the of, into the back of a big truck, slams the truck down on carrying cross. Um, then there was a few spots where they were hitting each other off the, the actual side of the truck and um, the Phantasma lads got involved again um, Escobar locked himself in the truck it was pretty cool like again utilising everything that was around them it wasn't just a few a few digs and then a power bomb onto a bonnet or something or a body slam onto a bonnet they actually used a lot of stuff um, yeah. as I said they used the entirety of the truck they used some weapons from underneath the truck then eventually they dragged Carrying Cross into the, into back into the, like, the little arena yeah. and well, through like, the barricades, tables. The, yeah, fucking, exactly. Yeah, like and yeah. I, like that part where um, Carrying Cross kind of turned the momentum. He started coming back and he started taking out the Phantasma lads. Straight away, you could see Escobar running back to where the ring is. While yeah. that happened, because he, it, as the commentator said, like Vic Joseph does a great job of commentating on NXT. Uh, he turned around and he said, um, Carrying Cross getting the upper hand and Escobar knew that. So he, he got out of the way. Cause to build, to rest and and to yeah. build up a bit a bit more uh, recovery time that's for himself. It, yeah. Lit, like we talked about this, the little fucking subtle nuances and wrestling like that. Like if 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 you go through a match and you you touch on those, it elevates it. It just it, it's it's the fucking sprinkles, you know what I mean? And it, it just is, yeah. ah made Escobar look real real fucking smart. And although we couldn't out muscle and outperform Karrion Cross because Karrion Cross is just this like fucking absolute soldier, and um, it's still. No one looked really like weak or anything like that. Like you didn't walk away from that match going, "Oh, did that was shit booking or something." You're like, "No, that was, that was as good a match as you're gonna get." Like next next week, that's when you can pull carrying cross over limit. That's when you can fucking t- duct tape him to the ring post or something, yeah. whip him to death. Like that's when you can handcuff him somewhere and and and, and you know, like that's when you can do that type of shit to him. Yeah. Um, you know, set the stipulation and let the match run its course. Like a no DQ match clearly is his fucking forte. You know. Yeah, which is funny because obviously he had the the three on one against them and they still couldn't yeah. beat him. They still couldn't best him. So that was deadly. He's yeah. absolutely true about the lads, true the like the big plexiglass thing and all this is deadly. Yoke, yeah. Yeah. And then obviously he puts uh, Escobar through the table. Um a few other good like back and forth instances as well. Like with the eventually they kind of got the upper hand on him again. It was constant three on ones. But it wasn't like overbearing, do you know what I mean? It wasn't like when you see it every week on an episode of Raw or SmackDown or NXT. It wasn't constantly getting involved in the matches. They already were in the match to begin with yeah. and because there's no DQ there's no oh we need to hide we need to dick around the referee no we can jump in and dance on this cunt's head like and that's what they did they made good, real good use of it um, yeah. and then eventually then carrying cross yeah he got the upper hand took out the two boys with some six suplexes and then he, he got the win then over um, Escobar the only one grow boy have and it's it's not necessarily aimed at either lad like cross or Escobar it's aimed at the stipulation so no DQ matches obviously this one was as, as hellacious as you can get nowadays. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, they used a lot of stuff, as you were saying. With matches like this, I feel like in terms of getting a win, you've used a lot already. To get a win, I feel it has to be, say, a big move, like when you put Escobar through the table or when he slammed the lads through the, the wall, basically, stuff like that. They're huge yeah, moves. 
I don't want back finishers like exactly back to back finishers. Pick back want, up, like, yeah. yeah, I don't want to see one finisher at the end that 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 flattens it for me slightly. Um, obviously his finisher is a bit more aggressive with the elbow to the back of the head. Yeah, so I, I understand, but I just feel like because he was after being jumped so so much during this match and leading up to it, I feel he he should have had a bit more aggression in him to pick him back up. Bang! There's another elbow. Pick him back up. Bang! There's another elbow, and then just pin yeah. him this, like almost. Like squat down on press, him, press up on him, like yeah. yeah, and then just kind of staring at the camera. I think that would have been like, oh, Jesus, you can't get the best better of this lad. <laughs> now there is that, like I agree with you. I, I, I just also see some continuity in the fact that if you've already like ran someone over in a car, or smacked them with a bus, or put them through the table, then in those circumstances, unlike a conventional uh, wrestling match, I do think maybe one one could be enough. Maybe you wouldn't even need to do a finisher. If you've already like kicked them seven shades of shit out of them, like so. Yeah. On one hand, I agree with you, but on the other hand, I'm kind of like, yeah, but I've seen like normal wrestling matches end with one finisher, and yeah. from that perspective, I have to think, well, like if he's already been put through hell, then maybe the one is enough, and maybe if it was a conventional match, he'd need to hit two or three and get shocked at the fact that you kicked out a one because he's like, well, but one worked last time, but you put him through a table, but you fucking smacked him into everything, ran him down, ran him down, ran him down. Like so there's, it's, it's, a, it's a, it's a fine line to try to walk, and I think for continuity's sake, in like a week's time, if you get like a last man standing match or something, you'll need ten finishers, you know. And I think saturation of finishers is a big problem in the industry as well because when you're trying to build a star, you need you need to have an, an element of kind of like a, oh fuck, like some finishers are quick hitting. You can just bang out an RKO, bang out a running knee, you can bang out a lot of those, but then there are some that require some degree of setup and a, and a, maybe a taunt and stuff like that. And it's going to, finding the balance can be hard. So I, I agree with you, but I also do see the other side as the way it maybe went the way it went. Yeah, I never really thought of that, to be honest with you. It does make the finisher look strong as well. I never really thought of that. That's, I suppose, that's a good thing about having this podcast, like that kind of, back and forth with us then as well because when I was watching I was like ah it's a bit flat because it's a hardcore match you may as well say and you bet finish up but then when you think about it yeah logically from your perspective then I'm looking at it and yeah. I'm like yeah Jesus yeah you're dead right it would yeah. only take one finisher you bet the bollocks out for the past 20 minutes because if there was no table and if there was no barrier and if there was none of that stuff and there wasn't the other two lads dancing on them like it, we could flip that and say right well after Karrion Cross took a fucking hearing of a beating should have taken two or three finishers to beat him yeah, probably only the one. Yeah, true. Very and now true. we're th- now we're thinking the reverse of it. That's why I love NXT. You don't really get that on Raw. It's, it's one or the other. It's a monkey fest of fucking spots, or it's you know finisher fest, or else it's just like I cracked that one out. He's just a loser. He only needs the one finisher. Like like yeah. you're saying, he should be like hyper aggressive and, and doing it. And it's like have the guy like be a finisher, be a tiring thing as well. Like this is taking all my strength. It's all my fucking effort. So when it is one and it doesn't work, that needs to have shock value, you know that way? And it wouldn't if we got two just back to back there. Cause it means he can definitely take the force one. Even if he wasn't going to kick it, which we know he didn't, it means then you have to at least do two the next time. Otherwise the one, it, it, it questions like necessity. Yeah. Um, now, obviously that's being hyper logical about wrestling. It's not a logical industry. Of yeah. course it's not. It's fucking theatrics. <laughs> But again, dissecting it and then bringing it back and being like, well, let's look at the match as a whole. Was it good? Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah. Like overall, like, yeah, hell of a main event. Hell of a main event. I honestly wasn't expecting it to to go that hard. Do you know what I mean? I, I do get very skeptical about matches like that on like a weekly show. Like it's mm-hmm. like the old school, I suppose, mentality that they always had, like whether it's WWE or WCW back in the day, they were always like, don't give away at. 
for free. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Keep these matches for a pay-per-view. But I'm glad because yeah. NXT don't do pay-per-views as frequently as WWE, the main card. Exactly, like, so, yeah. So it makes sense, yeah. It was, yeah, really good match, really good episode of NXT. Again, laying some groundwork now for the next two weeks or so because next week we have two tag team title matches. We have the women's tag titles and we have the male tag titles. But the male mm. tag titles match now is up in the air because MSK got attacked by Grizzly Young Veterans. So that's a good, obviously, um, framework, I suppose. And then we have, in two weeks' time, we have Yoshi Roy defending a title against Tony Storm. So, yeah, yeah overall, now Karrion Cross is freed up now. If that's the end of the feud, so be it. And they want to move on and do something with Escobar and do something with Karrion Cross separately. Let's see what happens. And then to close the show out then, we had one one last promo then. And I nearly forgot about it, to be honest with you. Um, just because I was so invested to fucking talk about that Karrion Cross match. <laughs> um, and it has that main event feel as well. But um, yeah. we had Adam Cole coming out. He was going to basically say his reasoning for why he attacked Kyle O'Reilly and this, that and the other. And um, he delivered another great promo. He was like looking to the camera. He was like, Kyle, I know you're at home. He didn't mean it. We fucked up. It was a mistake. I'm sorry. He kind of fed into that. He played a real almost like remorseful kind of like, I'm so yeah. sorry. And this and, and I fell for it as well. Like I was like, this is actually really good. Like um, then we had Roderick Strong come out and he was like, I'm, I'm not really buying it. Like, why did you do it? Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. You didn't ha- you didn't really say why. And he was dead right. You didn't. And yeah. again, Adam Cole was just like, oh, I just didn't mean it. I, did, I, did, I honestly didn't. And then he was like, the next week, like the next attack. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then he was just like, you can see why I didn't mean it really. Can't you? Like, oh, this, that, you know. And then Roddy Strong just turned around with like a hell of a line when he was like, you know what Kyle's like. When he comes back, I can't protect you from what he's going to do, whether he thinks you're sorry or not. And that was deadly because it's still even though Kyle's not going to be on the telly now for four weeks to six weeks, you, you're yeah. still like, oh, when he comes back, he's going to kill this fucker. Like, that's the way I was thinking. Yeah. And then, what was Very, it? Very, uh, Ambrose Rollins in, in, in that, but the delayed is going to have such a good payoff because it's oh, like, it yeah. doesn't fucking matter. And it makes, it makes Kyle look stronger. It makes him look more of a reputable threat because yeah. now you're like, fuck. Like, yeah. you know, that's one of his own is telling them like, yeah. Yeah, it was really good. Like, and, it just, I suppose, yeah, we say storytelling a lot, but that was it was perfect storytelling, even whoever wasn't like who wasn't there directly but are still involved. And then we mm. had uh Baller's music hit, he didn't say a word, he just jumped Roddy Strong, jumped, uh, jumped, sorry, Adam Cole, and then started taking it to Roddy Strong, a bit of back and forth. And then eventually, then the two Undisputed Air lads worked together, took out Finn Ballard on the outside. Um, Adam Cole snuck back into the ring, kind of thing. Um, and was it Roddy Strong? He was helping Roddy Strong up, and then Roddy turned around and just hit him a dig. And it was one of them, though. It wasn't like, oh, it was a mistake. He did it because he was like, yeah, I'm sick of this. Like, do you know what I mean? It, yeah. I'm sick of this infighting kind of thing with the group. He hit him. Like, then, ah, like, bang. Yeah, I need to get this out of my system. Cracked him. And it's almost like hitting your brother. Sometimes they, they, you get roiled <laughs> up. Like, and you just, yeah, that's that's exactly what the way they build it, like, I think. And um, yeah. it was like a family, as they say. And then, what was it? Roddy then was apologizing. He was like, oh, I didn't mean it. It was stupid, but I had to kind of get it out of my system. And then they were both saying sorry, Bo hugging, making up all sorts in the ring. And then Adam Cole, bang, yeah. low blow. And then he was just like, you're an idiot. You're stupid if you don't get why I'm doing this. And then hit him with a super kick to close out the show. Savage. It's now, like, now there's no if, ands, and buts. Undisputed Era is finished. Like, there's there's yeah. no more, oh, well, maybe Roddy can get the best of him. No, he can't. Adam Cole is no. Adam Cole for a reason. Adam Cole has always been this dickhead out for himself. And that's the the gimmick he's portrayed in the Indies and PWG and stuff like that, Ring of Honor, New Japan. He's he's the best at it. 
there's no yeah. one that comes close to that. It's almost borderline, say, Randy Orton or Triple H years ago. There's been yeah, no one at exactly. that level, and he does it so, so well. And, yeah, great end to the show. And although it is sad when you see a faction of that way crumble, but, again, yeah. it had a hell of a run, and it's, just, it's a great way in, to end it. In terms of, like, I won't say betrayals and double crosses, because I do think that, you know, the classic heel-torn element of a faction, like, Undisputed Era would never really faces, like, so... When you have Seth Rollins torn heel, or when you have fucking uh, Triple H torn heel, he already was, um, in like um, their factions, for example, where they betray the 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 one upping person of the of the group, or they betray the collective group to become the person who one ups them, um, you do get this sense of well defined. Well, now we know who's what and where and why and how. I think the 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 like you said, the crumbling of undisputed areas, an egg perfect way to put it in terms of right. Here we've seen this faction that has been so strong, so dominant, so well-established, so fucking, like, you know, had the reputation of a faction that was on a bigger show than it was on and, you know, had all the accolades to prove it. And then, like you said, it's 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 like clipping branches and then all of a sudden the tree is too skinny and then it's boom, there's no tree. And I think that's kind of like you said, oh, it crumbles is because like, you know, they're they're in fighting and, and it's like one against the other and it's a bit of opinions, it cracks and, and all this. And then it's just like the guy who, you know, wants to one up everyone, one ups everyone. He doesn't torn the faction against one person and then and then bleed them out the way we've seen tired tropes of. He's just like, nah, it's Adam Cole, baby. Like yeah, literally. Excellent execution. Yeah, it was really good. And as I said, it's yeah, it's kind of sad, I suppose it's over. But realistically, what else can they do? No, they've won the tag titles, they've won the North American, uh, they've won the world championship. Like I say that they as a collective because they're all involved and they've mm. all done everything together at this stage. So it makes sense now. Get rid of it and see what the lads can do. You, you know they're more than capable of having solo runs, like all four yeah. of them. Obviously, I know the likes of Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish are predominantly a tag team, but even at that, Kyle O'Reilly's a hell of a singles competitor. Like, you know what I mean? He's literally his main event, main event status kind of on NXT. He has been for the past kind of few months, month or two, maybe three months. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's good now to see what's going to happen. Obviously, we always got had them kind of dream matches in mind. Like, I'd be cool if they went up to the main roster and went against the Usos or New Day, or even when Evolution came back, it, maybe that would have happened again, maybe two years from now. But um, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't mind. They had a great run, uh, great, great way to break it up as well, because as we said, Adam Cole's always out for himself, and they were showing his true colours to the people who basically trusted him for the past few years. Now that that trust is shattered, as Roddy Strong said. So yeah, love it. Um, so that that closed out the show then. Anyway, so I suppose we'll cut this off here then. That's that was our take on NXT. Anyway, I really liked it and it had a really solid show. Obviously, it, it wasn't kind of as good overall probably as the week before but again it is consistently laying groundwork so yeah and we're still getting great segments and great matches week in week out so can't really complain to be honest absolutely very same feeling you can tell how excited we are because even when we said we would do a shorter show about it we got we we dug ourselves a hole and got in deep because it's uh (laughs) it's after running quite a bit over so if you're still listening appreciate it and uh that was our take on it what's yours i suppose (laughs) yeah yeah uh, Give us the feedback, you know where to go. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll just say thanks very much for listening. We'll call this a day now anyway. And, yeah, keep an eye on our um, on our Spotify or wherever you get your um, podcast because we're going to throw up our first AEW Dynamite review. That'll be up after this as well shortly. So, um, yeah, you're going to hear, hear our take on AEW now coming soon. So, but, yeah, thanks very much for listening. Hit us up on the socials, as I said, at the start of the show. 
and uh, give us a follow wherever you get your podcasts. So we will see you back here then on, technically we'll see you now in a minute if you listen to the AEW one. But if you're not, we'll see you on Saturday morning to do a SmackDown review. So adios. Bye-bye.